By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be worried too. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And after, a, I guess you'd say it's a, it was a hiatus, <laughs> we're back with another episode. If you follow our Facebook page, you know what we're talking about on this particular episode. All right. Um, is that Freaky Love? Freaky Love. Freaky Love. It's a pretty good song. Yeah. I can see why they're popular. Yeah, they got some it's, good jams. It's it's catchy, even though I don't speak the language. Yeah, or they got bops. They got some good bops. The bops, the slaps, <laughs> <It's>, or snaps. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> um, thank you for everyone who's listened so far. Um, excuses for the for the break. Uh, I was sick <laughs> recently. And Ben is a local church musician. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. And amen. Um, so uh, we haven't had a, the opportunity to uh, record, uh, but we do now. We have some time now, a little bit. Getting too big for our britches here, you know. <laughs> this is how it starts, man, with the solo projects. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are... Uh, well, if if you are found us through Facebook, you can tell your your friends about it. Facebook dot com slash by the time you hear this, we also have a website by the time you hear this dot com. Uh, we're not on Facebook Live for this one. Um, we'll 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 get back to it. <laughs> like the part of the reason that you know I said I was sick, but I've just also been exhausted. Um, I feel like I'm not getting enough sleep. I don't know about Ben. May, maybe with all the songs he's been practicing. <laughs> uh, it depends on the night. <laughs> um, but uh, 
where we will get settled and we'll, we'll get back into something of something like a routine, um, as far as recording episodes very soon. Uh, but just bear with us. Uh, if you still want to listen to, I mean, we're, we're, this is our 86 episode. So, mm-hmm. um, you have 85 other episodes you can go back through. I, I know, Marathon. I don't know anybody that's listened to all of them. I haven't even listened to all of them. I was there for all of them. <laughs> that's why I don't have to listen. I was there. I was there. Um, so, uh, you can subscribe to us. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you can subscribe on the, um, uh, podcast app, Apple podcast, AKA iTunes. If you have a an Android phone, you can follow us on the Google Music app. That's where you find the podcast, Google Music. And if you are uh if you use other apps such as uh TuneIn, Satchel Podcast Player, Overcast, Castbox, and Auto Radio, uh you can find us there. And if um you're looking for different podcasts that ter- talk about certain topics, Look for us on listennotes.com. So on our last episode, uh, what was our last episode about? It's been a long time. (laughs) I don't remember. Hold on. Let me go into my podcast app. What was our last episode? Uh, Oh, we talked about uh, Sons of Soul. Oh, oh, yes, we did. The classic Tony, Tony, Tony album. Yes. So if you search Tony, 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 and you spell it correctly (laughs) on listennotes.com, you should find our episode uh, about their album, Sons of Soul, listed somewhere in there. Uh, But it's a pretty neat website. Basically, it's a search engine for podcasts. Uh, If you put in, you know, for those who also do podcasts, if you put in... um, your show notes and your, and you're as detailed as you possibly can. Um, people can search on listen notes for your podcast. If they're looking for a certain topic, they find it, they'll listen to it. And if they like it, hopefully they'll be a fan of yours. Like they're fans of ours. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, as I said, I mentioned the Facebook page and the website. We're also on Instagram at by the time you hear this, uh, now the website and the Facebook URL are spelled with the word you, we're on Instagram at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. And we're not underage. <laughs> uh, and that is also the spelling for our Gmail address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music on our show for absolutely no charge. All right, so let's get into the show here. Uh, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope pod to step to. Yep, step I stole two. that from Jalen and Jacoby. Step, step. Oh, they did that? I stole that from Jalen and Jacoby. Okay, I'm stuck. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, for those who have you know been paying attention over the last week or so, um, uh XXX Tentacion was murdered last week. Uh, some people try to put it delicately, like, "Oh, he passed away, mm-hmm. or he died." He was murdered. Yeah. He was shot and shot and killed in, cold in broad daylight. Yeah, which is the crazy thing. And you know, I know some people may say that 
as far as that we made fun of him. I don't think we did. <coughs> I mean, if anything, more so I mean, the name. We called him the, I called him the extension, extension cord, cord because no his name was awkward to say yeah. sometimes. I thought, so when you were, when you kept saying XXX Tentacion, I thought you were joking. And then yeah. I found out that's really how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> XXX Tentacion. So I just called it the, the extension cord because that's how the name looks at first glance. And it, it was a little easier to say, but you know, I didn't have anything against him. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to a lot of his music. Um, uh, and I kind of lumped them in with other, mumble with the other mumble rappers, SoundCloud rappers. You know, I don't, I don't really have anything against them. They're just not. I'm not in their demographic. Nope. That's pretty much what it is. Nope. Uh, but it is uh, sad to hear that he was murdered, only 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a picture released recently to where he actually has another kid on the way. Oh no. Uh, but. It's kind of it, it was just kind of surreal a little bit to see how people were reacting. If you were fans of his, mm-hmm. um, there was videos of someone like filming his he's, when he's in the car, his lifeless body in the car. Yeah, I'm like, did anybody call for help? I mean, maybe there was nothing that could be done, but still. Yeah. So they, I mean, they this did. is not the time. But yeah, exactly. It's it's not. But yeah, somebody did. I'm 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 pretty sure the people that did film him were probably had dollar signs in their eyes. I mean, yeah. imagine how much you could sell that. And I mean, it sounds messed up to say, but this is how some people think. Yeah. Imagine how much money I can get if I'm the person that sells this to TMZ. Because TMZ, and it's like a chicken or the egg complex here. You know, TMZ will spend a lot of money on stuff like this, you know, to get ahead of the game. They have done it, They did it with the Ray Rice video. They've done it with a lot of different things. And you'd have to think that if you're there, you get this on your phone, you get to TMZ first, you get the check first. That's just where we are as a society right now. Yeah. Fair or unfair, that's where we are. Um, but they said on the scene he did not have a pulse. They got him to the hospital and pronounced him dead shortly after. So they weren't able to really do anything. Yeah. Um, there were some uh, some details released uh, recently. Um, this was in... Uh, this was in Florida, Deerfield, Florida. Yeah, was Broward that, County uh, was the... Um, is that the Miami area? I be, That's Fort Lauderdale. Okay, Fort Lauderdale, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's where he's from. Yeah. So, uh, what I with the story that I read initially is well, that Well, no, I'm he sorry. Was, he's from Fort Lauderdale. This happened in Palm, the Palm Beach area. Okay, I yeah, saw Deerfield. Deerfield. Yeah, Deerfield is the Palm... It's yeah, south okay. of Palm Beach County, yeah. Okay. Um that he was in the area shopping for a motorcycle mm-hmm. and he was just sitting in his car. Um, and that's where he was shot. There was, uh, there may have been at least two people involved, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an attempted robbery. It looks like, yeah. uh, this is from detective John Curcio of the Broward Sheriff's office. Uh, he said that the, they arrest, they have arrested, uh, a main suspect in the shooting and he followed um, we'll refer to him as X going forward with this uh, re- followed X to a motorcycle dealership and he was specifically targeted so he was being he was a target mm-hmm. he was followed and um, they wore masks and when X left the dealership, 
he was blocked from leaving by an SUV and they were armed and tried to rob him after a brief struggle. He was shot. There was surveillance footage and uh, that helped police locate one of the shooters uh, who is a tattoo artist. Hmm. And uh, he was seen purchasing a mask and witnesses later identified him. And also he may have been also identified from a witness by his bright orange sandals. Hmm. And, uh, police say they found photos of him wearing similar sandals. So he has been arrested on charges of first degree murder and, um, probation violation for theft of a car and driving without a valid license. The second suspect is still at large. So for those, um, not familiar with XXX Tentacion, um, I will put him in the, the, the SoundCloud rapper generation yeah. to where, you know, these guys, they just, they put out tracks and they gain a following on social media. And that's how they build their following. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, he was one of those guys and he actually ended up having some chart success as well. Um, he, uh, his last album that was put out while he was alive, question mark, I believe went back up to number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, another album 17 was in the top 10, I believe also this week and his single sad, it went up to number one this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, He's uh, experiencing, well, he's, ha he's, he's, you know, there's this success um, after his death, mm -hmm. uh, but he did have a huge cult following. Yeah. I saw this video of him performing live. He was performing the song, look at me. I think it was, and he was on the stage and he's like, okay, I'm going to, I want to come down to the people. It was mm -hmm. like this big festival and uh, he's like, I want to walk on everyone's shoulders. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work, but, um, basically someone just held him up and basically he was like crowd surfing during the song. And then he stopped the song in the middle and, uh, and then they started up again. But like the energy stayed the same the entire time with the crowd. And, um, I just thought that was a, that was a pretty great moment. Uh, because of how quickly he came up. Yeah. This was in a very short amount of time, maybe less than three years, yeah. maybe less than two. But there are a lot that, um, uh, a lot of success that he had while he was alive, but now he's experiencing more. Now mm -hmm. they're there. There is more after his death. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add? Um, I mean, there's not really <clears throat> too much I can add. I mean, I didn't like, you know, kind of like I didn't know too much about him. I did give him a little a bit more attention after he did die, just as, you know, out of, you know, I guess some sort of curiosity just to see who was this guy really. Ended up liking the song, Sad, added it to a playlist. Um, outside of that, though, you know, like you said, we're just, we're not in this demographic. Yeah. Like, this is just, I mean, this would be, I'm trying to think of somebody to compare it to. I mean, like, you're, this be like if Drake passed away, your, our parents wouldn't care. They'd be like, not our demographic. <laughs> and that's kind of where he was, unfortunately. You know, he just wasn't our demographic, so there just wasn't much we knew about him. All right. Um, so we'll get to 
the the charts for this week. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks. I know the the last week the number one song was "Nice for What" by Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Uh, the week before that, it was "Psycho" by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. But for this week, the number one song is "Sad" by XXX Tentacion. Um, number two, uh, "I Like It" by Love It Hip Hop Legend Cardi B, featuring Bad Bunny and J Balvin. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Number three, "Nice for What" by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number four, "Lucid Dreams" by Juice World. Uh, I believe he also put out a song. He had another song that was kind of a tribute to to X and to uh, Lil Peep. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the song, but I know he he made a tribute song for them. Number five, Girls Like You by Adam and the Levines featuring love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Number six, uh, Psycho by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number seven, Booed Up by Ella Mai, or is it Ella May? I don't know. I think Ella May, but I'm not sure. Number eight, God's Plan by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number nine, No Tears Left to Cry by the strongest ponytail in the game. Recently engaged. <laughs> Recently engaged, strongest ponytail in the game. And number 10, The Middle by Zed, featuring Marin Morris and Gray. All right. For the Billboard 200, the previous two weeks, um, number one was uh, Yay by Kanye West. And before that, it was Love Yourself. Let me share the right title. Um, Love Yourself Tear. Oh, by, yeah, Love Yourself Tear. We're worried about them. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, debuting at number one, Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer. Number two, Everything is Love by The Carters, which is Jay-Z and Beyonce, who dropped an album out of the sky. And this will be seen as separate from Jay-Z's solo career, Beyonce's solo career. So the group is called the, the Carters. Carters. Yeah. So they're, so they're, they're. Isn't there a group now. called the Carters already? Wasn't the, no, the Carter family. Never mind. Okay. I wouldn't know. June Carter Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, question mark by XXX Tentacio. Number four, beer bongs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Number five, debuting at number five, is Nazir by Nas. Number six, debuting at number six, Liberation by Christina Aguilera. Mm. Number seven, 17 by Tentacion. Number eight, Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World. Number nine, Invasion of Privacy by Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B. And number 10, Rearview Town by Jason Aldean. And uh, there is an album that we didn't mention in the top 10. It has finally dropped out of the top 10 after several weeks. Yeah. And that is The Greatest Showman soundtrack. Wow. Poor one, guys. (laughs) Poor one. All right, let's look at the Artist 100. And... As usual, per usual, yeah. Per usual, you know, if you put out an album or you die... And the top two people did both. <laughs> well, not both. Five Seconds of Summer is, is not dead, guys. <laughs> Number one this week is SXX Tentacion. Um, yeah, those are the rules. Yeah, we don't make them. Uh, number two, Five Seconds of Summer. 
uh, who was unranked last week. Number three, the Carters. This is cheating. Uh, but because they were unranked and unheard of yeah new contenders here (laughs) someone said someone asked on twitter if they're eligible for best new artist grammy if if, I swear to god if they they get it (laughs) number four Sirius Malone number five um, the perpetual Kentucky recruit number six the retired, unretired 2K legends. I don't know what they're doing. Me either. Number seven, love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Number eight, Christina Aguilera. Number nine, Nas. Number ten, Adam and the Levines. Have you heard any of Everything is Love? I only heard the first the first song that had the video. Oh, because apparently it's on Spotify. No, it's not. It is on Spotify. I saw an article earlier. Um that would be interesting to talk about, but it talks about their piracy problem and how she, although she claimed that it's not about the streams, if she wanted, you know, if she wanted to stream, she put her album on Spotify. Well, apparently they felt they needed to put the Carters on Spotify. It is on Spotify. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. It is on Spotify. So, so everything is love and money. The only song I heard is, uh, well, I know it's a family program. It was Ape Shit. Okay. That's, that's the most a, streamed one, it looks like. That's the one with the video. Okay. They, they, they shot the Louvre. Yeah. Okay. They rented out the Louvre. Yeah. I, I, I can dig that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so someone said that, like, and this is funny because this is somebody whose name was Keisha Anse. She was speaking against her. She was like, um, uh, Beyonce's new image is basically I have more money than you and it doesn't matter that my husband cheated on me and I'm not down with that. And I was like, whoa. Are her fans turning against her? That fan is. Yeah. But that's just one. That is just one. And the beehive will come after her and probably convince her to come back. (laughs) It's okay. If he cheated on you, it's okay. Give him a second chance. He apologized. He made 444. They powerful together. Like, I don't know. Just... But I thought that was interesting. That was interesting. Because people were like, they thought that Beyonce was untouchable. Well, uh, people. Um, people in the place. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the, wow. I, was, I, might, I might check it out then. Because I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about it. About checking it out. Because it's on title, I thought. <laughs> I thought it was exclusive to title. It was on Apple Music. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. So if you have Spotify, search the Carters. It's Everything is Loved by the Carters, not Jay-Z, Beyonce. But uh, you can stream the album now. So how about that? Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Okay, so um, I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with Pantera. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of their founding members, Vinnie Paul, passed away recently. Yeah, Vinnie Paul, their drummer. Um, also in Damage Plan, which was the band that, um, oh, he was in Hell Yeah, too, okay. uh, which was the band that was really kind of like, you know, like how Alter Bridge formed. They just like, we don't want to work with Scott Stapp it's anymore. Creed. It's Creed minus Scott Stapp. Yeah. So Damage Plan was <laughs> was Pantera minus the lead singer because he drank too much and would get into fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I don't know a ton about Pantera as well. I know that Kevin, a friend of ours, Kind of described him as the heaviest feet in drums, heaviest feet and heaviest drummer, or heaviest feet in metal. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, he was the brother. He was the younger brother of Dimebag Daryl, who was the 
found a guitar player of Pantera who I remember Josh said he died in a very like rapper way. Like he got shot on stage. Yeah. Like who gets shot on st- like what rock musician gets shot on stage? That's something you would expect like to happen to like a hip hop. Like, oh man, dog, XXX got shot on stage. Like no. not Dimebag Daryl got shot on stage. But, you know, what do you say? But yeah, he recently what was it on twenty second, which was Saturday, right? Uh, that was Friday. Friday. So late, probably had to be late Friday night because I found out early Saturday morning. Um, died at the age of fifty-four. I believe it was a heart attack. Although I don't said they don't have on here the cause of death, but I mean he died at fifty-four. Wasn't that old? Um, you know, just kind of, just kind of like with XXX. You know, granted, fifty-four is not twenty. Like people live past fifty-four. Like you don't expect yeah. to hear. So when I did hear about that. I was a little shocked, um, but yeah, you know, just to let you know, like it's never, you're never too young to, to go. Unfortunately, yeah, not to go on a, a dull note here, but <laughs> but it's yeah. true. So you got someone who just died at got murdered at twenty, someone else who died at fifty four. So, all right. So rest in peace to Vinnie Paul, of course. Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, something a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Um, when we recorded our last episode, um, Ben, we, we, well, Ben talked about, and, and he played, uh, a Weezer cover of Rosanna <laughs> and he was telling me that the reason why they did a cover of Rosanna is because during live shows, the fans always asked him to play Africa by Toto. So they did a different Toto song, <laughs> did Rosanna. <laughs> but then they actually came back around to cover Africa. Yeah. And it became their first hit this decade. It, so I don't know how big of a hit it was. Let me check the article here. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it didn't, like, top the Hot 100. But uh, let me see here. So it 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 finally, it was in at, um, oh, snap. Sorry, I just saw something. I <laughs> left my dog out of the cage today. Oh, I bet he wrecked. I bet he uh, all hell broke loose. Um, yikes. Whoops. Um, Weezer have hit Billboard Hot 100 chart with their cover of Africa. Their version of the Total Classic came in at 89. This is their highest charting song since um, reaching number 81 in 2009. If you're wondering, what song? Is, I don't know this one. If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. I don't know that one. But yeah, so this came after they covered Rosanna. They covered Africa, went to 100, first hit this decade. So good for them. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I still want to know what, why are the fans wanting them to cover Africa? So where did that come from? I never liked, I never liked to say this because, you know, Ben loves everybody. But I think this is, a, this is like, so there's like two songs that white people love. Africa and Freebird? No, Africa oh. and Mr. Brightside. <laughs> and like, I've seen, like, when I'm on Reddit, I see so many covers of Africa, and it's just like that song that everyone loves. And so people probably just wanted to hear it just because. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. There's some actually really funny videos. Like, apparently in the UK, they are obsessed with Mr. Brightside to the point to where I'm, like, watching a video 
of the killers talking about how they first met and when the singer met the guitar player he gave him a demo tape the guitar player he hit got in his car he hit play and he says and this was the first song and he starts playing the opening and they just go crazy and they go into the song just like oh my god they just go crazy yeah it's just like wow they love Mr. Brightside alright it's insane okay didn't know it was like that <laughs> yeah uh, so I imagine Africa is the same way yeah alright well congratulations to Weezer but <laughs> uh, I think you got trolled into doing this yeah I mean, I imagine maybe they they were like, yeah, why not? But just like <laughs> they trolled them first. Like, yeah, let's put out Rosanna. It's like, that's the wrong song. That's the right band, wrong song. It's like, uh, we don't care. <laughs> moving on to uh, Ben brought this up. The Grammys are expanding. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So um, all around scumbag near port now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, appropriate appropriate talked about changes so it's going to be their top their the four major categories so what's um album of the year song of the year record of the year and best new artist are going to be the um categories they go from five to eight and that is going to be happening on the um 61st annual grammy awards in 2019 so that'll be interesting i know you said that they did that with the oscars right they went to with the oscars for best picture they went from five to ten okay I think I a couple like, years they went eight yeah it always feels but, like it's a different number every year yeah it's it, it's a maximum of ten it's like this year is 12 this year is four this year is seven <laughs> <laughs> um, well it's like there was one year um uh, for they they change it a lot with the best new best original song. Yeah, sometimes it'll be six, sometimes it'll be four. Mm-hmm. One year it was two. So it's just how many ever we feel, <laughs> whatever they feel like. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you think of it, of them expanding? I mean, this, and it's and it's the big four, right? Yeah, I mean it's just <coughs> it's just one more person that won't get an award. <laughs> I mean it's just like. It's cool, and, and it gives you that opportunity to be like, "Oh, I've been I'm Grammy nominated." Yeah, I that's guess really so. all it does. I mean, it doesn't. I think really... it's weird for the uh, the the like for best new artist. Yeah, I feel like five is enough. Yeah, I can't imagine eight but, best new artists. But because I think they're so spread out, so it's last year who won it last year? I don't know. Let's I've ar- I've already forgotten who yeah. won best new artist. I know Lil Uzi Vert was nominated, but it wasn't him. Um, and it wasn't SZA. It wasn't. I don't think it was Khalid either. But um, like Cardi B wasn't nominated, even though she had gotten two other nominations oh, in the rap category. Yeah, there were people were upset about this one. Alicia Cara. Okay, yeah, she should have been nominated the year before. Yeah, <laughs> people were upset about this one because they felt a lot of people felt it should have gone to SZA. Oh, not that Alicia Cara should not have been eligible. <laughs> yeah, they just like should have gone to SZA. I'm like, why? What's wrong with giving it to Alicia Cara? <laughs> I think they wanted just SZA to win one, um, and you know, we, well, you know how when we talked about the Grammys, people want the these award ceremonies to justify their will justify their fandom, mm-hmm. and that's not what it is, or nope. to justify their protest. Yeah. We talked about the 
um, Ed Sheeran song beating the uh, Kesha song in mm. there. They're in the same category. It's like, are you going to have a song about a woman's body being about beat so beat a song that is about uh, recovering from sexual assault. Mm. The Academy is not doing the protest for you. They're not doing the work for you. So, um, but I think that's what we want as far as they want it. They just want to scissor to win because they love the album so much. Yeah. Um, I just felt Alessia Carr probably shouldn't, she should have been nominated the year before. I don't know why she wasn't. (laughs) Um, She won. Maybe it was like, get her in there with a weaker. (laughs) Cause I mean, the year before was Anderson Pack, Marin Morris. (laughs) The Chainsmokers, Kelsey Ballerini, and then Chance the Rapper, who won. It was actually a pretty good field there. Marin Morris, I, and they, I didn't know she was nominated. And they probably want more from one genre because it feels like it's like, okay, we're going to have an R&B singer. We're going to have a rapper. We have a country singer, mm-hmm. pop singer, or whatever. So they probably want it more spread out. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, not, not as spread out, but have like more than one per genre. Yeah. Uh, Although I know she's a pop singer, but she doesn't sing like a pop singer to me. She yeah. just makes pop songs. She sings like a um, she seems she sings like a soul singer, in my opinion. But because she does pop music, she probably doesn't get that credibility. Yeah, but she has a phenomenal voice. I mean, I think out of the bunch between her and Khalid, I mean, I wouldn't even give no offense to SZA, but like I just like the work that Khalid and Alicia Cara have put out more. So that's just me though. And I think that. Uh, the thing that's that's going to be interesting and it's probably going to be also infuriating at the same time mm-hmm. is probably the album of the year category. Just because some, it seemed like you'll know what albums were kind of just thrown in there. Yeah, which is going to be like... Mm. like, And the one that you think is going to win or should win isn't going to win. Like, I picked 24 Karat Magic to win because... That's what the Academy is going to do. <laughs> the safe pick. That's a safe pick. And the only two other rap albums to win album of the year. The Marshall Mathers. No. Uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill mm-hmm. and the Speaker Box Love Below. I thought Marshall Mathers won too. No, he's been, he was nominated. He was nominated three times, like Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP and the Eminem show. Okay were all nominated and probably relapse was nominated too, but he's, he's never won album of the year. Hmm. Uh, but some others, uh, but the, th- the album I thought was thrown in there was Lord. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Like, that made no, no one sense. listened to that album. No. It didn't have Royals on there. Royals was on the other one. <laughs> so, um, and plus I don't think the Grammys, um, it's not that that uh it's not that badge of honor that Anymore. it used to be no it's not um i think it was someone who uh someone who's from top dog entertainment i can't remember who it was exactly but they basically knew that kendrick was not going to win out mother year they could just sense it the way that that the ceremony was going or how they felt people were going to vote mm-hmm. uh, but in the end, it ultimately didn't matter. Yeah. Like Kendrick Lamar didn't need album of the year to validate. No. How great damn, he got a Pulitzer. Okay. Which <laughs> I put above album of the year. Yeah. <laughs> most certainly. Um, 
But do you think do you think that like they should have expanded, or do you think no. Neil Portnoy made this unilateral decision on his way out the door? I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he did, but I don't think they needed to expand because it's gonna yeah, there's gonna be the thrown in ones that just can be like, oh, I'm, I'm Grammy nominated now. Um, we're we're still gonna know who's gonna win, which I don't think. I'm just saying this now. I don't think Taylor Swift gets nominated for that. I oh, think they no. throw. I think no. they throw her in the best pop categories this year, and that's it. Yeah, I think she and gets. That is it. And I want I want to say like she gets the Ed Sheeran treatment, which I think his album Divide was better than what was this one called again? This recent one was Divide. No, the Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Was like, oh, Reputation. Repu- I was like, why did I say Confessions? <laughs> Not Usher. Um, I think Divide was much better than um, Reputation, and I don't think he should have been relegated to those categories. But I think that's where she gets put if she even gets put there. This was just not. This album has just been a disaster for her. Um, it has not been the monster we thought it was going to be. And I think as a result, she doesn't get put in a lot of these categories. We should have known by the first single. God, that was awful. It sounded unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be surprised, uh, Swifties, if there's anyone who <laughs> even listens to a Swiftie, but don't be surprised when it does not. She'll get, she'll get, she'll dominate the pop categories. Cause I don't see anyone else who's going to beat her. I don't think she will. You don't think so? We, I don't think I think they'll do it just for to the piss past, her off. When when the album come out? February, January, November. It came out in November. Yeah, the album been out for over six months. Yeah, nobody's talking about it. No one. Nobody cares. No one. No one. It's not even. It doesn't even chart anymore. She did a song where she sounded like Drake. Yep. Turned uh, out to be my favorite song of that album. <laughs> Did with, not help with future. Like you, you can't rule the summer sounding like Drake. Only Drake can, can rule, rule the, the summer. summer sounding like himself. <laughs> um, he should have made a diss track. That's easy pickings, man. Yeah, that's easy pickings. Uh, well, I mean, he can't make that track now. Well, of course not. If he know. made it a month ago, <laughs> before Pusha T got to him. <laughs> yeah, now Pusha T is because if he does, all she's got to say is you are hiding a child. <laughs> 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 she was strumming a guitar. You were hiding a child. <laughs> Whoa, you were hiding a child. And then, like, I don't, only because for some reason she likes to work with rappers now, I'm just seeing in my head, she gets 50 Cent, because everyone said 50 Cent would be more brutal. Like 50, They were like, 50 would, like, raise the child and bring it to an award show. <laughs> <laughs> so she partners with 50, and they like actually bring the child out <coughs> and like have Addison do like ad libs. Yeah. And then Drake has to, he has to go back to Canada. Like you can't, yeah. you can't show your face in the United States anymore, man. We we beat you. Like you got to go back and then dominate the Junos or something. I and then know. once again, Justin Bieber would be the Canadian King of America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could, he could come here without a passport. <laughs> <laughs> eh? <sighs> yeah. All right, so um, our last story here is something uh, Ben just discovered. I know this was a thing. I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it had a name. And um, it is a little thing called the Millennial Whoop. Yeah, and it's just wonderful once you know what it's called. Uh, I made a playlist about 40 songs long so far. Uh, there's still been songs added. Um <laughs> Of, of of songs that use that, of course, Millennial Whoop is just like when the 
oh, 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 stuff like that. Any song that kind of has that sort of, you know, interval change. Let's give an example. I will play something. So um, I'll give two examples. So one of the more famous, famous, famous ones would be, um, and ironically, it's two uh, rock songs. Um, You Somebody by Kings of Leon. They basically built their hook for that song around the millennial whoop. Um, You find it heavily used in a lot of EDM as well. It just fits in EDM so well. So how is what you found, how is the uh, millennial whoop described? Like, how do they verbalize it? So it is, let me see here, because there's, it actually is pretty good. So I like that one just because they build an entire. So it's the melodic pattern alternating between the fifth and third notes in a major scale, typically starting on the fifth and the rhythm of straight eighth notes. So eighth notes being like one and two and three and four. And whereas quarter notes, so your quarter note typically keeps the tempo. It's like if you're like, you know, one, two, three, four, those are your quarter notes. Your eighth notes are going to divide that further. So like one and two and three and oe 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 one and two and three and four and and now we've just made it basically whatever it is now. Like some people will do the oh, oh to where it's almost kind of like a dotted eighth note, which I'm not going to get into that because I'm probably going to bore some people. <laughs> um, I just know that a dotted eighth note is slightly longer than an eighth note. Um, but like it started out with like so like if you think of um, Jungle Love. By Morse and the Time. Very early, early use of it where they go, oh, we, oh, we, oh. That's a very early textbook use of it doing the eighth notes. Whereas this one, um, the first note isn't quite an eighth note. It's a little bit longer. Um, so it's not straight eighth notes, but it still alternates between, like, you know, the, the, the fifth and the third or the, or the tonic and the third or something like that, going up and down those intervals. So... What's another example that you had? So the other example is a song you would not think of it being in. Um, is uh, And these are really just um, alterations of it. The, if you want to hear the true millennial whoop, you got to think of California Girls. Yeah. Um, Habits, Stay High by um, Tuvlu, or however you say her name. Tuvlo. Tuvlo. But like with the kind of what it's kind of turned into is what you heard in that song. And then Curl of the Burl by Mastodon, which is a heavy metal group. Um, from Atlanta, whoop, whoop. Um, deemed one of the more important metal groups, um, really of the new millennium. They made an album called The Hunter, and they worked with a guy, I think his name is Mike Elizondro, or it might be Victor Elizondro. Um, let me look up the name of it. So he is, he's a bass player. Yes, Mike Elizondro. He's a bass player. He played bass on the Nelly Furtado album, Whoa Nelly. <laughs> That's who they're going to work okay, with. I know. Yeah. I've heard that name. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where they use it. Coming up here. <laughs> like you wouldn't expect to hear that in this band. Like this is one of the more respected bands in metal music. Throwing in a version of the Millennial Whoop. I have to think that Mike Elizondo probably was like, yeah, just throw it in there, man. It's catchy. <laughs> They're probably were like, oh, we'll put some lyrics there. No, just throw in this, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I just wanted a playlist of all the songs that use it in my favorite, my favorite way, just because I think it's such a cool thing. And 
apparently it gets a lot of hate from like a lot of music fans. Like they hate it. They think it's just like cheapening music. And I say to them, pish posh, bugger off. (laughs) I love it. Like to me, that makes, when I explained it to Kendra, she was like, oh, that thing that makes all the songs good. (laughs) That thing that I like. I was like, yes. Like it makes, like there's so many songs that I judge it based on. Like, does it have that in there nowadays? Which, I mean, let's be honest, it is used in almost every pop song you hear on the radio. That's not a lie, but it's just so catchy. Yeah. um, It's something I hadn't thought about until I I saw the video. It's from, um, I believe it's pronounced Vox, V-O-X. Okay. Uh, They had the video. I believe that's the one you saw. I haven't watched the video yet. I just, I, um... Okay, there's a video yeah. about about the millennial whoop. I just typed in Spotify's like OWA songs that have O, hoping that someone made a playlist. <laughs> and the name of the playlist that Spotify has is OWA, OWA, OWA. And it's like the millennial whoop. So I Googled the millennial whoop, and that's when I started seeing all this stuff about it. But thank you, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and this was made by Spotify. The OWA, wow. OWA. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got a bunch of songs. Oh man. Um so yeah that you know so guys look up the the millennial whoop and hear how it it's in a lot of a lot of pop songs mainly used in in pop music. Yeah. But hey a band like Mastodon might sneak it in there. Yep. Um you know and probably annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, that'll do it for our music news. Uh so Ben tell us about your earworm of the week. So I've been, I'm not going to lie. I have been holding on to this one only because I love this song so much. Um, the week I was going to use it, it was on repeat. It is by a band called Flight Tour Phoenix. It was on my um, Discover playlist, and I instantly fell in love with it. I still don't know much about this band. It looks like they're out of California, and it's a three-piece. They don't I didn't, Like in the video, they didn't have a bass player, but I can't tell if they're really signed or not. <laughs> So, like, in the video, there's no bass player. They're filming it in the middle of the desert. It's just a singer, guitar player, and a drummer. Um, singer has an incredible voice. I like the way the drummer plays. Guitar player is pretty cool. They remind me of, at least just this song, almost an American version of the 1970... Is it the 1974 or 1979? 1975. 1975, yes. It's almost reminds me almost of an American version of that band. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll play their song, Middle of the World from their album Where I Come Down and uh, we'll be right back. Came rushing down, I took a tumble, I've been swimming for 
right, that is Middle of the World by Flight Flights Over Phoenix. Yeah, it was between this and a math rock band <laughs> um, called um, Protest the Hero. <laughs> yeah, they're straight math rock. It's the coolest um, album cover. It's a the album cover is a turkey with like a laser scope on its on its head. Yeah, it's I don't know how much math rock you listen to, but it's a band I started getting into. And all math rock really is is bands that like use odd time signatures. Like they just they'll go from like twelve four to six like just the craziest time signatures. Nothing's linear. And yeah, it's it's just it's such a cool song. <laughs> it was it was between those two songs. Like part of the song, like you're listening and they're like, Okay, they're only doing that just because they can. This does not serve any musical purpose. <laughs> they're solely doing this because why not? And it's really cool. Yeah. And the name's funny too. Protest the hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um we started the program with the song Fake Love by BTS, a.k.a. We're Worried About Them. We are worried about them. And um, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Not just BTS, but the the world of K-pop. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting world. Uh, apparently a dark world. Yeah. Uh, if you're an artist. <laughs> if yeah. you're in management, it's a great world. <laughs> it's a great time. What a time to be a K-pop man. What a time to be alive. <laughs> so, not to skip to the end, but it doesn't seem like you need to keep worrying about BTS. Okay. It seems like they're doing okay. Now, all these could be lies. These could all be lies, but from some of the research I've done, it looks like they might be okay. Um, I just didn't think to really compare them to other people, but it seems like BTS is doing okay. Because they're crossing over to America? More than likely, yes. That's what it seems like. And just, okay. they let them, they let a few of the members write. Oh. So they've, yeah, so they, they've made some money from they that. They get to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> For the band, not for anyone else. For their band. Okay. <laughs> don't be getting uppity. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about them. It looks like... Only thing is, though, like it only seems like like three out of the five. Or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So like one, two, three, four of them have actual Wikipedia pages. Mm. So t three of them we might have to still worry about. Okay. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do here... Uh, Change up the format a little bit. Uh, so Ben has uh, an article about, is it 10? Dark secrets. 10 dark secrets about K-pop. Yeah. I have not read this article, but we'll kind of, we'll go through a few of them, if mm -hmm. not all of them, and uh, and discuss, you know, um, yeah. discuss these secrets, quote unquote secrets. Mm -hmm. Um like so. uh, a while ago, a few months ago, <clears throat> we, I saw a video about uh, K-pop and as far as how rigorous the schedule is, yeah. how much money that the management and record company take off the top. Yeah. So um, like when you see K-pop, it looks innocent. Yeah. You know, the everyone in BTS, which is, you know, the, the group kind of at the center of our discussion here, looks like they're under the age of 13. Like they all look like kids, no yeah. facial hair. They've got baby faces and makeup where they yeah. look like they wear a lot of makeup. I mean, they look like, um, 
the new wave or romantic bands from the UK in yeah. the 80s. But they are all in their 20s, in their mid-20s. So that they look that young, you know, we'll, when we talk about the dark secrets, you know, that will that will come up as to why they might like the, look so you young. Think, oh, are there science experiments being yeah. performed on them? <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as K-pop goes, I mean, it's, it's the pop of Korea, I guess you could yeah. say. So like, you know, you have K-pop, you have J-pop. K-pop is the, is the pop of Korea. Um, it says here, stylistic origins, um, experimental pop, gospel, Latin, R&B, hip hop, which if you were listening to the song that we played at the beginning, here's some heavy hip hop. And it was, yeah, it was like all Korean trap place. music. It was really kind of all, yeah, Korean trap, <laughs> K-trap. The rappers sound like, oh, they've been listening to Migos. Yes. They've <laughs> got that. They've got that, that down. <laughs> um, a lot of, so I, I think, and I don't know, maybe your, your first exposure to it wasn't this, but my first exposure to K-pop really was probably Gangnam Style, which yeah. was like a huge phenomenon. Um, there was a, uh, there's a friend I, I know from high school where today he is a, I guess you would say he's professional wrestler mm-hmm. or yeah, or semi semi pro wrestler, probably a pro wrestler, but one of those, he's a touring um, wrestler. But when I first met him, uh, I remember he had a mini disc player in his car. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. And he put a lot of Japanese and Korean hip hop music on it. And, uh, uh, that was kind of my first exposure. I didn't like go seeking it out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, he didn't tell me who these artists were really. <laughs> he just told me it was Japanese or Korean hip hop. Um, and, uh, you know, it basically it's, it's hip hop in a different language. Yeah. And it's clear that the influence of the American influence, uh, especially the, the black influence yeah, uh, is heavy on music in Asia. Yeah. Which you can, you can definitely hear in our, of course you can hear the pop music all throughout the history of pop music here, the black influence. But yeah, I do agree. It's a little bit more prevalent over there. Yeah. Um, to where there are, there are, um, uh, some artists change their style to fit, some to fit black artists in America, such as um, there are, well, I, it probably doesn't go this far, but some girls will try to darken their skin or do stuff that they've seen black girls do, American mm-hmm. black girls do. Or um, guys will dress like they've seen their favorite rappers do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the influence is definitely there. Yeah, I've even I remember you know one uh, person I used to shoot with who was Korean. She would talk about how you know people they'll try to get their eyes widened. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. So not to spoil too much, so but that's just kind of a little bit. So it looks like I mean K-pop says their origins are from the late 1980s. Um, really started gaining steam in 1996. Uh, well, not just in the mid to late 90s, and of course you know kind of culminating into. The phenomenon that was Gangnam Style, which had the dance and the video, which what at the time broke records for streaming. Yeah, I on, know it uh, was YouTube. the it was the most streamed video on YouTube. It was the first one to break a billion. The, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, and I don't. I should research him to see if we should worry about him. 
But I think I think he came from a rich family, so he might not have had to do a lot of that stuff. No. Yeah. And, but he does. He does, He's not super skinny. Mm-mm. And, uh, he looked well fed. Yeah, yeah, he was well fed. Now the girl he did the remix with that was in his video. Yeah, we might have to worry about yeah, her. Might, yeah, possibly. Yeah, he probably <laughs> had her on loan, and they were like, "Don't damage her more than we have." <laughs> That's All right. Terrible. So before we before we uh, before we spoil any more of these things, let's see here. Okay, so number oh crap, I just closed it. Hold on. <laughs> How do I reopen a tab? I just closed. Using Chrome. Yeah. Right click on the at the top, or control click wherever you should be able to reopen close tab. Oh, okay, reopen close tab. Oh yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> so we have a list uh, provided by Listverse. I'm not sure who they are, but you know when I did some research, this came up. So, ten dark secrets from the and this is what it says: surprisingly twisted world of K-pop. Because honestly, I know before we read, uh, we saw that video, we had no clue how bad it was. Yeah. So it is surprisingly twisted. Um, so I guess just let us know how surprisingly twisted you think this is. Um, so, you know, the sugary sweet sounds of Korean pop music seem pretty harmless. Simple songs like size Gangnam Style or the music of Girls' Generation don't exactly seem like hot beds of corru- corruption. But behind every hit song out of the K-pop machine are years of torment and exploitation. Girls Generation, uh, I believe they had some songs produced by Teddy Riley. Okay. And yeah. I have heard, I think you said this, they, every now and then you'll have like the top producers will go over there and work with these artists. Oh, yeah. yeah and I think Babyface has done yeah. work with a couple artists, too. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, aspiring stars are pushed through the grinder of one of the most vicious entertainment industries in the world. Starting when they're kids, children as young as 10 years old. Scary. Does 10 years old get locked into unbreakable decade-long contracts spending the better part of their lives owned by agencies that take advantage of them creatively and sexually. That gives you an idea of some of the things in this list. Uh, Some come out celebrities, but most are just chewed up and spit out. They're exploited and pimped out for years and then kicked to the curb with nothing to show for going through this strangely dark and twisted world of Korean bubblegum pop. So, without further ado, number 10. Stars sign slave contracts when they're children. Yeah, uh, I am. I was familiar with that. Yeah, uh, that they are um, signing these contracts, and they don't even put out any yeah. music. If they sign a ten-year contract, they don't put out any music for at least five of those years, if yeah. not more. So it's almost like the like development deal from hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, so Korean pop stars don't just sign a contract to record an album. They sign their contracts a good decade before they ever get to enter a studio and sing a single note. And they have to train in the K-pop boot camps before they're allowed to record anything. That's insane. Yeah. So so it's saying like it may be 10 years before they record any mm-hmm. music. So, so I, I was being generous. Yeah. It says for a long time, <laughs> these contracts years. would last as long as 13 years. Performers would still be under contract until well after their bubble of fame had popped. So this is why we worried about BTS. Because <laughs> if you started at 13, some of them are in their mid-20s. They might just be starting to see money. If any. If any. If that. So like I said, the things I read about them could be lies. 
propagated by their group, their entertainment group, Big Hit Entertainment. That's the name of the group that signs them. Um, I feel like that's the only entertainment <laughs> group in Korea. The Suge Knight of K-pop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it says they usually give next to nothing to the inspiring stars. Sometimes they even have to pay the agency for the first 10 years in boot camp. That's cold. That's We're going to sign you. You pay me. <laughs> and we, we, we go train you, but you got to pay us. Yeah. And yeah. then if you make any money, well, that means we make money. We make your money. And you can you can get out of the contract, but you have to buy out of it um, as much as three times as much as the company has invested in you. Man, Mm-mm-mm. good good luck. So they say lawsuits have lightened some of this now. But adults are still held to contracts they signed as kids, and the system is set up, still set up to make sure every messed up thing you're about to read happens. Good Lord. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so this is like the least of the worst things. <laughs> the length of the contract, that's it, it's number 10. That's the, yeah, that's the PG <laughs> stuff. Any thoughts there? Um, <clears throat> I did hear about like they, they signed these, these long contracts. They, they don't make a lot of money. Um, if they try to get out, I'm, I would I would assume there was a, a huge buyout involved. Um, you know, you probably hear the like it was probably a stereotype with with some Asian parents to where going into entertainment is not really a viable option. Mm. You're going to go to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to. Um, you're you're not going to be a, a singer, dancer, actor. You're going to go to school. You're going to do something else, um, because they know of what being in entertainment can entail. Mm. And some messed up things. All right, what's next? Number nine: managers pimp out their stars. <laughs> I uh, I did hear about that in that video um, to where like it's it's the whole the the culture of this as you are may have already realized is pretty <laughs> bizarre <laughs> so um, just like I was not to go off on a tangent here but you know with the children being separated from their families mm-hmm. at the border here I was thinking that I was wondering like what happens to these kids you know do they just do they are they sent into foster care are they um, is there some kind of trial for them and their and their families where they can be reunited and I went darkest timeline and <laughs> it was like these kids may be put into sex trafficking so that is and the they, fear. it could be groomed that way because their kids as young as eighteen months they could be groomed into that yeah into that life so it's not surprising to hear that in the k pop world if you look if you're not it's basically like this if it's ten years before you record a note mm-hmm. oh you're gonna make me some money somehow yep <laughs> you're gonna so, give me my money some kind of way yeah so it, it talks here about an actress who committed suicide um saying that she could not go on because she was being pimped out to every executive that she met by her manager. Um, and if she refused, he'd beat her bloody. 
So it's not even like I, I just don't feel like it. It's like, oh, you don't feel like it. Pop, 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 pop. Police raided her agency's office and they found a secret sex room hidden behind a paneled wall. They had a brothel in their office to keep the VIPs entertained and the stars did the entertaining. Dude, this is like, this is like Taken. Yeah. But on a, well, it's probably the same level as a Taken. Yeah. No one has to be kidnapped. You sign a contract, so it seems like you're doing it willingly, but Mm -hmm. it's. So, and this was not an isolated incident. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. Like I said, if you're not making any money for me now, you're going to make me, we're going to find a way for you to make me some money. Yeah. So even politicians into it, they say, um, they have all, most have been pressured into having sex with an executive or a politician to advance their careers in the world of Korean entertainment. This is just how things are done. As one girl who remained anonymous put it in Korea, you have to know men in order to work. Hmm. Not surprising. And you know what? It's probably. It happens in I think that happens all over the world. Mm-hmm. It Even in America, you know, just look up Harvey Weinstein if you're not. Yeah. Uh, if you're not sure. Uh, that's number nine. That's number nine. Uh, these got to be in a random order. <laughs> Number eight is kind of related. So um, one in three stars have been sexually assaulted. Not surprising. Uh, yeah. If they, they didn't sign up for this. They no. technically signed a contract for this, but they weren't expecting this. No. So mm-hmm. that's not surprising at all. Yeah. So it just talks about, um, according to a survey, one third of aspiring Korean stars have been molested. Uh, one of the worst offenders was, and forgive me, the name Jang Suk Suk Woo, a talent coach at Open World Entertainment. Um, he was the man the company put in charge of screening new trainees and putting them through boot camp. And he used his aspiring stars as his own personal harem, as they say. More than 20 people filed rape charges against him, um, including multiple minors. He this would is... drug them. Yikes, he drugged them and raped them. This is like the the gymnastics doctor on just on another level. Yeah. Says other times he'd order the boys to gang rape the girls while he watched. Like it's getting darker. (laughs) It is getting darker. He's in prison, but he just says he's just one of many. All right. Mm. Yeah. What's next? We'll have to put a parental advisory on this one. Oh, boy. Yikes. But it gets worse because every woman who filed a charge against him was someone who'd been spit out by the industry and never given the stardom they were promised, suggesting that when a girl gets big, there's a good chance she's going through all of this, but she just doesn't say anything about it. Yeah. Because she's, quote unquote, paid her dues. Yikes. All right. So this goes to what we kind of referenced as far as the women getting, you know, their eyes bigger. Stars are forced to get plastic surgery. So I have always read that plastic surgery just in general is a huge thing in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of their contracts require them to get it. It's not a if you want, it's required. Well, yeah, because there's a there's an abs- well, compared to America, an absurd standard of beauty. Yeah. Uh, to where they don't they weigh a certain number. They weigh a certain weight. Yeah. Nothing less, nothing more. Uh, they are. The, the women are shaped a certain way. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, their hair is a certain way. Their their eyes are a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically, uh, in a way, like manufactured. Yeah, like, like dolls. dolls. They're dolls. Yeah. The boys, too. Yeah. And so it talks about that as well. It's not just the women. It is the men as well. Like like our cover photo um, for on our Facebook pages of BTS, they all have the same haircut. Yeah. The only difference <laughs> is they're all different colors. Yeah. Their hair is different colors. So I guess that's still how you tell them apart. But they all have the same look, the mm-hmm. same. It's like they're all designed the same. Yeah. So that's that's not surprising. And that's part that's probably part of why I don't know how this how the standard came to be. Oh, we're going to it's going to take 10 years to make this happen. The plastic surgery is a part of that, I think. Yeah. So it says since it is such a big deal, since plastic surgery is such a huge thing in South Korea, they said this one doesn't even really get people shocked because it's just, you know, And it's they, just safe uh, to assume that it's happened. Yeah, it says um, half of all Korean women get plastic surgery by the end of their 20s, most getting double eyelid operations to make their eyes look like Europeans. So, you know, they're not, they're, man, I hate to say this, denying their heritage almost. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to look Asian. I want to look. If you're trying to sell them on an international, yeah, on an international stage, you would think that wouldn't matter. Like, okay, we know you're Korean, yeah, <laughs> but um, somehow the somehow that's supposed to increase the appeal. Yeah, I don't really understand it, but maybe with even further research, we could understand like why that is. Mm-hmm. Like, is some European saying, "Oh, she she's Asian, but she's too Asian." She like, looks too Asian. In her eyes. Sense. Tell her to open her eyes. Like. What? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it does look like these might be in random because this next one is is not that bad. K-pop stars don't make any money. We figured. Yeah. We figured <laughs> that. Uh, I don't know what numbers, if there's any numbers there, but I figured I know uh, there was some like management takes 50%, if not more. Let's see here. So it talks about really just. Um, until you make a hit song, uh, you're probably not going to see a dime. Most live in a shared dorm with their bandmates, surviving on microwave noodles. I think we read one band shared a chicken nugget. <laughs> and it, we're not laughing at the suffering, but a come chicken on. Nugget. Like, try not to a imagine box, like a, a chicken group nugget. of people like, all right, we're going to take this chicken nugget. We're going to slice it up into four. <laughs> a chicken nugget. Yeah. Uh, See here, it says uh, one of the members of Girls' Generation said that she had to spend 11 years in boot camp before she could make her own money, surviving solely off the charity of her parents. Um, some don't even make money then. A group called Block B was one of the top bands in the country when they revealed that their agency hadn't paid them in over a year. That's worse than the new edition thing. At least yeah. you could see where their money was going. Their, like their Their money was like, yeah, with new edition... They were on the hook for all the stuff on mm-hmm. tour, all the hotels and the buses, yeah, and and the videos. Here, they don't get anything. Well, they're probably on the hook for all that stuff. It's probably put oh, into the contract. More. Their parents have been forced to pay the agency sixty five thousand dollars, and to date, they have not made a penny back. This was published in twenty seventeen. 
they were on the hookup for that stuff, and and they just charged more. Yeah. They just charged them more. For yeah, here's more a convenience stuff. fee. Convenience <laughs> fee, $65,000. Um, if the singers want to make money, they usually have to do things they don't want to do. Duh. Um, the group Stellar, pictured above, which is a group of um, four pretty young ladies in red dresses, uh, was making so little money that they were surviving by sharing one serving of food between four people each meal. And this was set until they caved to their agency and started making erotic music videos in which they exposed their thongs and let milk dribble suggestively out of their mouths. So basically, you know, look like, you know, a loose lady in your video and we'll feed you. <laughs> we'll give you money and we'll let you live. <laughs> Otherwise, wow. if you want to be prude. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They took, they took, they took something that seemed innocent and made it pretty bad. <laughs> K-pop stars don't make money unless they, you know, whore themselves out here. Um, when we didn't have skin exposure, nobody even knew we released a new song, one member of the group said, explaining why she'd accepted her fate. If it's not provocative, there's no response. Wow. Yeah, as sex sells. Yeah. Uh, and seems like here sex is the only thing, thing that, that sells, sells. Yeah. <laughs> we can sing no one cares if you can sing so no one cares i got 12 year olds that can sing they they ain't making no music either <laughs> <laughs> i can't show their thoughts but if i could i would <laughs> you, know, you know someone oh said God. that that, that jane guy said that <laughs> if i could i would oh my Ooh. god all right. Um, okay, what's next? Number five, boot camp trainees have to work as servants. Uh, so they got like, they got like clean in place? Yeah, or? so they, they basically compared to slavery. Um, so for 10 years or so um, that they're learning their trade, they live in conditions akin to slavery. It is common practice to ban singers in training from using smartphones or dating. If they want to have a social life, they're told they're going to have to make a hit record first. It's like a catch 22. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, they're not spending those 10 years just practicing and singing and dancing, though. They're put to work. One singer called Joe Kwan. I almost thought it was Jay Kwan. I was like, what's he doing? <laughs> told the press that while he was in boot camp, he was forced to make the executive's coffee, run odd jobs, and scrub the basement floor. <laughs> like an intern. <laughs> Get so me coffee. Your, your interns. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, in a way I can understand getting coffee. I've been an intern. Yeah. You've been an intern. Yeah. Right? Everyone's done it before. Getting coffee. No big deal. Yeah. But also scrubbing the floors. Yeah. I'm not going to like <laughs> get down in my suit and tie. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, um, so it basically yeah. says, you know, kids under 15 can only be forced to work 35 hours a week. Only, only 35 hours a week. So if you're 10, you got a full work week, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not so bad, but it's also bad at the same time. Yeah. Because of like, you're paying dues for at least 10 years. Yeah. Um, doing chores, doing some chores. That's, that's rough because it's like, <clears throat> It's kind of like what? What is this all for? Mm -hmm. Especially like if you in, don't in, make it, it's going to be even worse. And in America, it doesn't take ten years. Mm -mm. And well, you also don't get pimped out and yeah, and beat. And well, 
That depends. Yeah. Was a Michelet. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next one? All right. Number four. Managers blackmail their clients. Of course they do. So it says, um, so sometimes they do actually make enough money to get the contracts. There are rare times when they can actually move on to a better deal, which is why a lot of agencies keep some dirt on their stars. So in case you do, we got something on you. I think that I feel like that also applies to sports. Like whenever um, there's a Japanese player mm-hmm. that wants to play in a, a Japanese baseball player that wants to play in America, mm-hmm. uh, they basically can go to whatever team they want, whatever team would pay. But I put like this, I think it was the uh, Shohei Itani. I might have the numbers wrong, but he plays for the Angels now. Mm-hmm. And I think he had he had to have Tommy John surgery, so he's going to miss the rest of the season. That but sucks. but basically, he was like a Babe Ruth to where he could pitch yeah, and I heard about hit. Him. Yeah. Now he got a contract. I might have the numbers wrong, but a contract for fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. But the team he was playing for in his home country, they also got fifty million dollars. Oh wow! So the Angels had to pay him. Sign him to a contract for fifty million and give his team fifty million. Jeez. Or in some cases, you got to give the team money just to talk to that player. Kiss the ring. <laughs> so, know, so it's it's yeah. not surprising that um, even internally, to where somebody you know has a chance to get a better contract, a better deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want a better deal? Where well, they got to pay us first. So this is more than just that. Um, so they found out one manager found out that their clients was, um, a closet homosexual hit a camera in the star's room, paid a man to seduce them and secretly filmed the two having sex. Then sent the video to the young man's parents and threatened to release to the public unless they paid half a million dollars. They filmed another, um, big Ji young, um, filmed his, uh, one of his people having sex to blackmail her when she tried to change contracts, when she tried to call his bluff, he leaked the video on the internet and derailed her career for years. So, wow. Damn, this that's that is that is beyond petty. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like this is a pretty petty uh yeah. The last well the the third one is is eh. It looks like the last two are kind of messed up. Like the last two are like, wow. All right. So the third one, bribery is rampant. That's everywhere, though. Bribery is. It's not surprising. Bribery is just, you Palms know. Palms have to be greased. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So that doesn't even. Like, I almost feel like skipping that one. Like, that happens <laughs> in America. Like, yeah, it, it happens all the time. But it's probably like being like, like I look as, as like lobbyists. In for politicians mm-hmm. or whatever, lobbyists—that's like legal bribery. Mm-hmm. I think it is. <laughs> so that happens everywhere. Yeah, like that's almost kind of like a well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two: taxi services help fans stalk K-pop stars. I've read something like this um, with when the fans are when you have fans there. Mm-hmm. They get pretty obsessive. Yeah. Uh, it is possible that the beehive has nothing on these <laughs> oh, K-pop fans. No. 
they'll find out where you live, yeah. where your parents live, where your sister lives, uh, and and stalk and stalk them too. They'll hang out outside their house. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they said Angel Fire websites. God, that's old. Woo, Angel Fire. Yeah. It says uh, GeoCities. <laughs> stalking K-pop stars is common enough that they have a name for it. Say Sing and an entire business entire businesses are dedicated to helping these fans stalk their stars. For $100, you can hire a Say Sing taxi that will follow your favorite star around everywhere they go. Wow. Sometimes it gets deadly. A group of fans and taxis follow the group Super Junior. What kind of name is that? So closely that they ended up crashing into the band's tour bus. They caused a six-car pileup that could have killed the band and left the members traumatized for life. They've tapped fans. They've tapped their phones. Um, another person found a camera in his parking lot. Another says that a girl broke into his home purely to steal his underwear. I might be flattered. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh God. Okay. So we did read about this one. Um, they got letters from fans written in menstrual blood. Yeah. That's gross. That's really gross. Yeah. And then number one, and we've, re- we talked about this one, anti fans try to murder them. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the scariest part. I don't know anyone over here who's trying to murder Beyonce. So maybe it does help BTS that they're in America away from the anti fans. <laughs> this is, this is like kind of the, um, I mean, there've been a couple of cases of, well, not anti fans, but stalkerish fans mm-hmm. getting that close. Um, but recently what I've heard is, uh, um, I think it was, I think it was Rihanna. I know it happened with like Amber Rose. She said that someone came, got, um, a guy was in her house and was just like sitting there for like four hours. Yeah. She's, she said she has cameras all over her house, but he was like kind of sitting in a corner in the dark in her kitchen. It was like three or four in the morning or something. Hmm. And he just kind of just chilled there. And I think that happened at Rihanna's house too, where someone got in That'd and, be just, creepy. and just hung out there. And then the, when the police got to him, uh, they're like, why are you here? He's like, I was, I was waiting for Rihanna so I could have sex with her. Ooh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's not good. It's not going to fly, son. No, that's not going to fly. Um, so those are kind of stories you would hear here, but um, yeah, it, I, it looks like it, it goes pretty far in in the K-pop world. Yeah, try to poison people, um, try to ruin their lives. Like it's just like who does that? It's so. I mean, I don't still. Luckily, I didn't see BTS quoted in any of this, and they look like they're doing okay. I looked up some of the individual members. So J-Hope, who is one of the members, has an estimated net worth of a million dollars. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Min Yoongi has a... Um, okay, so he goes by Suga. He, looks, he's the, he has the most money of, the, of them because of his writing. He's worth $9 million. And someone named RM, um, I did not see his net worth. I think... Uh, so when I was looking his up, all I found was an article that says that 
um, BTS net worth in the year in the year 2017 was approximately 40 million US dollars as a band. So it does look How like they we... might be making some money. Now, I are these really lies? Like, yeah, I, and they're just like, taking mm, it. You know, they're just kind of telling them. Going on. But that's you know what I'm seeing here from some fan websites and message boards is they have and God, they all look alike. I mean, and that's not even being. You know, saying that in a discriminatory manner, like they all have the same haircut, <laughs> they have the same type of glasses, like they just look like, you know, I'm like trying to figure out like which one's the bad boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean they are worth a fair amount of money. Once again, though, these could all be lies. Yeah, that they're just feeding people so that you don't we don't worry about them. But <laughs> it does seem like they have you know some some money. Look, I feel like there are situations to where. Um, well, like I said, they all they if there are situations where they're sharing a cup of noodles mm-hmm. between four people, a chicken nugget. <laughs> it had to be like one pack of chicken nuggets, not just one <laughs> chicken nugget. But so it says that's here a little extreme. this RM guy is their leader. That's what it literally says. Members like vocalist, rapper, rapper. Then for him, leader slash rapper. Vocalist, vocalist, vocalist. So, like, a lot of them, I guess they have three rappers. Yeah, and four singers. Yeah. I was weird is it, like, the, I don't know if it's the American standard for a boy band or just the boy band standard is maximum five. Yeah, this is a lot of people. Seven is, like. And I don't know, have you seen them perform? No. They perform so hard. Like they went through boot camp. <laughs> Look, this, hey, this is ten years in the making. And like we were, we watched them on New Year's Eve when they were just breaking out in America, and we're like, oh my god, they're dancing so hard. <laughs> like they were going, and they didn't look tired. Like they've been doing this for years. Like, oh, this is nothing. Like <laughs> we used to dance like this, and like in the heat. Like, <laughs> oh, we're just doing one song. <laughs> Like, it was just like... It's light work, light work. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they were just all over the place. And now, knowing what I know, I understand why. Because, like, to them, that was like, oh, just one song. Oh, we can go out. We can go all out for this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Double time, guys. (laughs) Yeah, they put on a good show. I mean, they're entertaining all the whole army. Like, it's just so many of them. They did look a little crowded. Yeah, you would think that seven is too many, but... yeah. If everyone has different roles, I guess they got rappers and singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, rappers turn. I singers. mean, there's only so much you can do on a four minute song. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like, does Ed do all the rappers rap or what? Um, who's the Ice Cube <laughs> and MC Ren? Who's writing the? Who's actually writing the <laughs> the lyrics for everybody? So, I'm imagining it's Sugar. He's probably writing the lyrics. <coughs> Who are his influences? <laughs> that'd be funny uh so yeah he looks yeah he he is responsible for writing composing and arranging as well as mixing and mastering the material hmm. he's doing a lot but is he getting compensated probably not he just doesn't have to clean up as much <laughs> he doesn't have to get coffee yeah today <laughs> <laughs> like if you do all this we won't pimp you out this year anymore this year. 
but yeah, it's clearly a K-pop is clearly a, an apparent. Oh, what what would you find? His stage name Sugar is derived from the first syllables of the term shooting guard, the position he played in basketball as a student. <laughs> oh God! Now I got to know his height. That is. Is it spelled S H S U G A? Dude's only five nine. He's not even the tallest guy in the band. RM is five eleven. That's why he's their leader. He's the tallest. He's the tallest. <laughs> he's five eleven. Oh man. Um, do any of those sound too ridiculous to be true? Any of those things? No, I, I believe every single one of them. I just, I guess, what's the hardest thing to believe is that like people are still trying to do this. Yeah, that's the that's what's hardest to believe. Like you know what's happening, but it's like I think it was um, the behind the music on um, the Goo Goo Dolls when they talked about like their horrible contract they signed with Metal Blade Records, and it's like when someone's holding your dream in front of you, most oftentimes you'll do whatever it takes to get that dream, and this is just a you know just to sign a record contract. So I imagine you look up to these people, you see your BTSs, your size or your girl generation. girl generation or whatever and you see what they became and you're like I could do that like you say you, then you're mind like I won't be like the rest of the ones that burn out I'll make it so you sign the contract and you try it you know and hopefully the machine doesn't spit you out and you become something but it seems like with a lot of these people more often than not you don't become something yeah because it's I mean this is just in comparison to America, some people, you know, go for years trying to trying to make it and some things don't work out. Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work out, you just try to move on to something else. Yeah. But with this, there's a lot of trauma. Yeah. There's a I, this could mess up anybody if you are. This goes beyond having mental toughness. Yeah, I agree. And and physical ability, it goes beyond that. Like yeah. you're going to deal with some horrible stuff. Yeah. And, the and on the is, other side, you might make some money. Yeah. Can you come back from that? You're gonna like uh, when I um, and thinking about how we would approach this episode today. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like. If all these things that um, are thought to have happened are true, it's like they're not being paid in money. They're being paid in fame. And it's like, you see, remember that Trident commercial? Like, hey, you could pay me in gum. <laughs> I wish I could get paid in gum. <laughs> you know, and so they're, they're getting paid in fame. What can you buy with Sometimes. fame? Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you get paid in fame. Sometimes you're getting paid in trauma. <laughs> uh, but probably most of the time, paid yeah. in trauma. Yeah. So it's so no. I mean, I I I do believe all of this is true, um, and it's it just makes it even sadder, you know. Like, but then again, what if something like this came out about the American music industry? Would you be surprised? No. Because maybe it's just that, you know, this happens here, but the people in Korea, they they actually talk <laughs> like it's been happening so long. there well, They'll it's talk because about it. like you can't who's going to stop it. Yeah. 
It's, it's like it's like a big machine that you can't stop in America. Yeah, there are going to be protests and then there will be people expecting like the Grammys or whoever to do the work for them mm-hmm. as far as protests go. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising mm-hmm. if if something like this came out. Like it's like I mentioned with the that gymnastics doctor. Yeah, uh, that had been going on for, for years, years. Yeah. And despite what the gymnasts were saying there was no one to stop him mm-hmm. so in the in the entertainment industry even with somebody like Harvey if there was another Harvey Weinstein out there in the but in the music world how long would it take for us to find out <laughs> one for one yeah how long would it take to find out and how long it would what changes will be made yeah could it be stopped mm-hmm um, I wouldn't, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if any of that was actually happening. Yeah, but you have to keep it a secret because you have to you have to keep it a secret even more now because people are on the edge about sexual assault, mm-hmm. anything that even looks like sexual assault. Yeah. <coughs> um, um, anything else you'd like to add here? No, that this is just the darkest episode we've probably done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tried to approach it with it, it's it's dark humor, uh, yeah. At best for us, like just because it's it's something we're so separated from and not know so much about. But it's just the best that I could do really is compare it to what's happening in America. And in America, I think it's just a big open secret. But in in the K-pop world or the J-pop world, it probably works the same way. There's nobody to to stop it, no one to regulate it. Like, and and people who want to get into it know what they're signing up for, yeah, and still do it anyway. Uh, that's a, I want to say that's a little, that's a special kind of crazy. <coughs> but um, uh, it. <laughs> I don't know what else to make of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that will do it for our episode here about the secret dark world of K-pop. Uh, we'll get to uh, my earworm of the week here. Mm. Um. There's a show that I'm uh, engineering called Old Fashioned Health in which the host uh, talks about uh, healthy information or services. And he likes to play old school R&B music. Nice. (laughs) So um, I've taken the task of uh, picking out old school R&B music to play on the show. And uh, one show, uh, well, one song that I've been listening to a lot just because it's, uh, it sounds really um, it's probably one of the poppiest eighties R and B songs <laughs> I've heard, and uh, um, I just like how it sounds. And it's one of those bands that have like nine people in it, <laughs> but the way you hear the song, probably four people could have done this. <laughs> but um, it's a band called Midnight Star, and they have a song called Midas Touch. Mm, I like Midnight Star, and uh, we're gonna play that. That's my earworm of the week. And we'll be right back. The mighty, 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 touch, 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 touch. 
Alright, that is Midas Touch by Midnight Star From their album Headlines They're probably more famously known for their songs No Parking on the Dance Floor and Freakazoid I don't know, I've heard this song, I just don't know where But I, I recognize that song once it got to the chorus Okay Um, yeah So you can find that on our BTTYHT Earworms playlist right now on Spotify. All right, Ben. Can you tell the people where we can be found? It's been a while, but I think I still can. Okay. <laughs> so if you're <laughs> listening to us, um, we'll wait. No, because we're not on. So we are we are on Facebook. Yes. We'll start there. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, we also have a website. By the time you hear this dot com. Um, we're on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Um, the website as well as the Facebook page is spelt with the word you, Y-O-U. The Instagram page as well as our email at gmail.com. By the time you hear this at gmail.com are spelt with the letter U because we're upstanding mm-hmm. and not under investigation. Or underage. Or underage. Or your daughter, you sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop there in case they're listening. Um so yeah check us out there um drop us a line if you would like we'd like to hear from you leave us a review um if you're trying to listen to us on the go which most people listen to podcasts that way um we're on itunes if you have an iphone we are on the google music app if you have a android device your android device you can check us out there we're on uh podomatic we are on tune in radio we are on um satchel podcast player auto radio overcast cast box um listen notes if you search for us and um really any of these uh, those other podcast aggregator websites or apps check us out and listen to us Alrighty then so um i was looking for a song that we could end the show with mm-hmm. and as i mentioned before some american producers work with some k-pop artists mm-hmm. and uh, i did mention teddy riley Worked with Girls Generation, okay, um, a nine-piece group. <laughs> so BTS got nothing on Girls Generation. Um, it's an entire generation of girls. <laughs> so a nine-member uh, girl group, and they were created to, uh, I guess, be the counterparts to, and the all-boy group Super Junior, who you uh, mentioned previously. So. This is a song, like I said, produced by Teddy Riley called The Boys. And uh, we're going to end the show with that. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. I can tell you're looking at me. I know what you see. Any closer and you feel the heat. GG. You don't have to pretend that you didn't notice me. Every look will make it hard to breathe. Bring the boys out